Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bowne. I'm the web editor of Hotel Analyst. And joining me around the Hotel Analyst editorial table are Andrew Sangster, editorial director, and perspective editor Catherine Dogrell. Uh, we'll be putting together our thoughts around three different topics this week. And this week we're covering Marriott and that data breach, Expedia, and what's Accor up to now? Firstly, let's talk about uh, Marriott and when you're the biggest and you have a data breach, it has to be the biggest. Isn't that right, Catherine? It is indeed. They seem to have done well. There are half a billion former Starwood customers affected. Um, you may be one of them. I know there's uh, two other people on this on this call who certainly are. Um, I don't appear to have stayed in a Starwood property, so it's fine for me. But yes, out of 500 million guests, 327 million of them may have had their passport numbers stolen and their company's share price fell 6%. So it could have been, quite frankly, a lot worse. But um, you can trace all this back to the purchase of Starwood, it turns out. We've spoken to a couple of people who were around at that time, looking in the back area and underneath the hood, and they said that Starwood was, um, well, a sieve, I believe, was the, was the actual word. And things seem to have disappeared through them, largely passport numbers. So now we need to see what's happening with, uh, with in terms of the fines. Um, the CFO said that it would be months before the company could quantify the costs, um, and which in US legal litigation terms means years and years and years. But in the short term, the EU has been looking for some time to prove its GDPR regime, and they may well have found the scalp on which they can hang all this. So we should be intrigued to see where they're planning on making an example of Marriott in this case. Um, I know certainly in the approach to GDPR, lots of companies that we spoke to maybe hadn't taken the precautions that they could have done to GDPR prepare themselves, um, and they were waiting for the first case to see how that bore, bore out. Um, so I think soon they will discover how that is going to bear out, and you may well, if you are wise in the ways of GDPR, find that your freelancing income rockets up over the coming months as people seek to shore up the gaps and not go the way of Starwood and Marriott. It's very interesting trying to guess the actual numbers involved here. Um, the US trade press and the insurance market reckon Marriott's going to be making a claim of about 300 million US dollars. Um, estimate Morgan Stanley analysts in the US reckoned it was going to be about 200 million in terms of fines that they would face based on previous precedents of like retailers who've allowed. Um, data to, to seep out like this so mm. um, but it, it's much bigger than that in terms of I think the the litigation that's going to ensue in, in, in terms of the reputational damage that's going to result um, I, th I think it's broader than just Starwood by the way I think it also includes Marriott and I think this is one of the questions that Marriott needs to answer because of all the companies for this to happen to I would have argued Marriott were probably the least likely because there's one thing Marriott is very rarely accused of and that's that's running a, a sloppy ship I mean yes certainly the, the people who we spoke to said and it's always been the case they're very forward-thinking both in their security technology and in the technology which they've tried to take the industry forward with they've led the way on lots of things and so it's mm. surprising to see this happen yeah, yeah, and absolutely. So, I mean, under the, the, the general data protection regulation um, in the EU, the, the exposure is up to 900 million because it's 4% of global yeah. sales. Um, so that's a pretty big number, very unlikely, I think, to go anywhere near that, um, uh, it, it, despite the EU wanting to, you know, have the 
Marriott's scalp, as you put it, because Marriott has moved quite quickly to try and put this right. Uh, I, I'm a little bit confused as to what's gone on here. I think one of the problems is that Marriott came in, it was under pressure to deliver on its cost, and so slashed people left, right and centre as soon as it got got, got hold of um, the Starwood, and inevitably it was Starwood people. And actually it was the Starwood IT team who was going to know where the holes were, and it seems to me that they were a bit premature in, in getting rid of so many people so quickly, um, particularly in an important area like this. And I think it's an area which, um, you know, Marriott's going to have to um, really watch going forward now. Um, and I think there's a lesson here in terms of execution of of M&A. It's not just about hitting your numbers. It's also about making sure your, your back doors um, in the IT sense are covered and, and making sure that you're, you're not leaving yourself vulnerable to potentially quite damaging um, episodes like this. Uh, I hope this is going to be the end of it. I think Mary is probably going to get on top of it. But um, certainly for me personally, it took them six days after it hit the media for me to get a letter. It was a very generic letter. On about page 11, it started to refer to me as an EU citizen, about page 13 as a UK citizen. Um, and, you know, I think what topped it off was um, it introduced itself as um, to me as dear valued guest and I think that sums it all up in this day and age of personalization I was no more than a valued guest who's had all my passport details and credit card details potentially um, leaked I think that sums it up since um, since you told us of your valued guest story I happen to have a techie staying in the house and I mentioned this to her and she said yes they will have to keep as few personal details out of your email as they possibly can to prevent further attacks on you so there is method in their madness. It just doesn't make you feel very special. Right. No, but that means that, <laughs> that, that they still believe that their whole systems are vulnerable, which kind of grinds everything to a halt. And if loyalty scheme is supposed to be the way forward, I mean, I think hotel owners are going to be rightly demanding that there's some sort of recompense here in terms of fees, because clearly it's not going to be very effective or very efficient, and people are going to be very jumpy indeed about using this. So I suspect rather than consumer litigation, it's going to be business to business and hotel owner litigation which is going to be the the the, the real pain point for marriott here well one of the uh, interesting things this valued guest particularly enjoyed about the uh, the note to to from marriott was the fact that uh, they, they recommend we register with equifax um to keep an eye on our uh, personal data um i've already had my personal data sprinkled about the internet by uh, Equifax themselves, so that's a great idea. Right, uh, now before we head on to the next uh, topic, just a, a reminder that if you like what you hear and you'd like to read more, then please do pop along to uh, hotelanalyst.co.uk and subscribe, and you'll find more and more of what we speak about there. Uh, next topic for the week is Expedia. Now, Catherine, you've been across the Atlantic and got up close and personal with some of the uh, senior execs, I believe. It's true. I went to um, Expedia's Explore 18 event um, which is um, for people who want to put conference scale on matters three times the size of Berlin so there you are and it featured all the top um, Expedia execs so Mark Okerstrom and former um, Expedia executives so Dara who is now at Uber and um, all very fascinating it was too they were selling themselves to largely the people who supply their cruise ships and their car rental and of course their hotels um, hotels didn't feature as much as I had been expecting but Mark Okerstrom told us that he is definitely in the market for more hotels and to that end they are now selling themselves as a platform. It wasn't entirely clear what platform meant, 
They are a very big one, they said, and they were the biggest global platform for the physical movement of people, which brings up some exhilarating um, mental images. Um, they won't be taking undertaking any more M&A, but um, it's all about hotels, and that's really all they wanted to talk about um, in terms of hotels, as they wanted more of them, please join us. They didn't have too many fantastic things to say about the brands, and they wouldn't be drawn on the specifics of how they were planning on using voice. Um, but we did learn that Mark Ockerstrom can do the worm, which for people who were around during the 1980s is, uh, is a very exciting body popping move. We're all shocked and stunned. That kind of thing does not unfortunately happen at Berlin, where we are excited enough just to see Sebastian Bazan's pink watch. Thank you very much. And that's how it should be. But yes, Expedia, very much still on the warpath, still using lots of technology, um, didn't want to bitch off Marriott, which was um, obviously good for them, wanted to keep in with Marriott, um, but I imagine that they would be seeking to sell themselves as slightly stronger security-wise, which is something that everyone needs to look out for going forward if security becomes a point of differentiation. Mm. It's interesting, as a more remote observer than you, Catherine, looking at this um, event, I, what struck me was a sort of whiff of vulnerability. Um, they've sort of portrayed themselves, and certainly hoteliers have seen um, Expedia along with Booking as the sort of masters of the universe sweeping all before them. But you didn't get that sense here. This was a company which is, I wouldn't say lost its way, but a company which is certainly feeling a little bit of pressure. Um, well, I don't so much it was lost its way as um, they were lots of people were asking about Google and how much Google is a competitor and Okerstrom said well we do lots of things that Google can't do which Google can never do we are travel experts but they're very clearly not hotel experts in any because they have all these other things that they're offering and so presumably there's an opportunity for say hotels to be hotel experts in distribution one would think this might be something they might wish to get into but um, so yes, yeah, so not so much lost their way, but ge definitely generalisation, and they're still a general player. So more specific than Google, not as specific as hotels. So there must be something that we can do there. Mm, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's pushing it a bit to say um, they can be more expert than Google, because I would bet Google has probably more data than Expedia has in terms of that. And I think there is a real vulnerability there. Um, but I think from a hotelier's perspective, I think this is good news because Expedia ought to be more willing to partner on a more favourable, in a more favourable way. Now, when, when we hear leaks, uh, I don't suppose you picked up any leaks on what the deal was between Marriott and Expedia. No. When we when that when that, that number will eventually leak out and um, when we hear what that is I think that's going to be interesting how how much more flexible Expedia is being certainly in terms of its commission levels but more importantly I think they ought to be prepared to be more genuine partners and actually work with hoteliers in terms of you know doing basic things like providing the email of guests that have been booked in rather than having to go via the Expedia platform and um, things like this I, I think are going to help and and this and they are shown they're willing to do this in terms of the way they're working with say Red Lion enrolling people in Red Lion's um, loyalty programs and stuff like this I think we can expect to see more and more of this I think this speaks to what we've been banging on about for some time at Hotel Analyst which is that hoteliers fundamentally are not about retail they're about product branding and um, Expedia are expert retailers if they're if they're nothing um because that, that that's their entire focus and i think hoteliers ought to lean into that and lean on to you know grab on to um Expedia's prowess in this area and exploit it you know while they can and and stop having this sort of 
constant friction relationship because I think you're absolutely right Google is the big threat here and I think the, the thing that came through clearly to me was how worried they are about Google and the potential Google has to completely disrupt their their business model I think hoteliers can lock on to um, Expedia and, and exploit that Right. Well, now let's let's talk about a hotelier. Um, let's talk about the effervescent and ever busy Accor and what they've been up to recently and what they tell us they're going to be doing next. I mean, this is a capital markets day, which is a sort of jamboree where they get to talk to everybody about their strategy. Um, so I, there's a number of things I, I noted from this. Um, uh, the, the first is just how much more focused they are on management than the other global major hotel brands. And so if, if we look at the other global majors, the three others in the same sort of ballpark of over half a million rooms as um, as Accor, leaving aside Xinjiang for the moment. But um, so the biggest obviously is Marriott, which is over a million. You've got Hilton, which is just about at the million mark. And, and then you've got IHG, which is sort of three quarters of a million or 800,000. Um, Core sort of heading towards the 600,000 rooms under their flags mark. Um, but uh, the key thing is with um, those other three, they're mostly focused on franchising. With Marriott, they're focused on management. Over 60% of their properties are managed. And I think we should look at Accor as being a hospitality services company, whereas I think you could talk about the other three global majors as being hospitality brand companies. So I think that's the first thing that really struck me. The, the, the second thing was that it, we've now ended their foray or rather Accor has ended its forays out out into the these odd little niches so um, their Accor marketplace their one fine stay um, things like this um, they won't be doing much more of that kind of stuff I mean all credit that they gave it a go they were prepared to embrace that they've accepted it was a failure in in those cases I've mentioned with Accor marketplace being shut down and one fine stay being written down um, but they've certainly been prepared to try more new things and rivals. Um, the third thing is just how global Marriott is relative to those other three. I mean, we can look at IHG as being a US player for these purposes. And potentially, Accor has an edge in emerging markets, the big growth areas, and it was keen to play on this. And I buy into that. And the fourth point, I think, which is less positive, uh, potentially, is, is the relationship with Xinjiang, which is the biggest shareholder, 12.3%. Um, as at the half year point um, wh where is that going what's going to happen happen with that um, it, it, I, I think it's something that's going to keep Sebastian Bazan the CEO awake at night worrying about that I think they will look for further um, ties with China maybe through the, the relationship with um, what was called China Lodging um, which is um, much more friendly and closely linked to, to Accor. Um, but I think a potential, some sort of combination in China, I think, would truly cement Accor's position on the global stage and could be very exciting. And closer to home, they, uh, they're tackling their East European uh, business and are giving that a bit of a shake-up, aren't they? 
Yeah, so this is the classic creeping takeover that Accor does, and this is Orbis. Um, so Accor takes a minority stake that gradually grows it until it becomes a ma- majority stake, and then it buys out the minority shareholders. It's interesting, actually, the impact. It shows just how asset light Accor has become, that the, that the consolidating all of Orbis has um, significantly increased its asset base. Um, it will be divested. Um, the, the, or whether that's to Accor Invest or other owners, um, we'll, we'll wait and see. But no doubt they will be exiting that. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I, I think what Accor's made clear is it's going to do more of this sort of hotel sector type takeover, and not so much of the Jean Paul or the um, um, you know one fine stay type things. Oh well, it was fun while it lasted. Right. Well, and with that, thank you very much. Uh, seeing you again in a week or so's time.